Hello, this is AuthenticVoices.life, where finding meaning means finding who you are through the authentic voice. Hello and welcome to another episode of Authentic Voices. I'm Chris, your host. Today is a very exciting journey in the um, series of Authentic Voices because today is my new start of my new series called His Story, My Story. And today we have our very first guest and I'm quite excited about it. Today we have Pastor Mark Burham who is from Sons of Rise Ministries, one of my pastors and Mark is also a counsellor for Peel Youth Services. Hello Mark, great to have you with us today. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks for uh, having me on here today. Oh, absolute pleasure. I really, really, really enjoyed having you here uh, today. We've uh, had a nice lunch together and uh, now we're just recording our episode. So yeah, look, um, probably one of the first questions I usually like to start off with when I have a guest, Mark, is um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, how the gospel of the of the kingdom of God became your story and, you know, what it means to you. It's quite interesting that um, it's even part of the message I'm preaching tomorrow for Mother's Day, um, the significance of my own mother. Um, I grew up on a, uh, on a large uh, farm in the North Northampton area uh, and my mum, when I was young, used to grant, get us... Um, postal Sunday school lessons and uh, my father wasn't a believer and um, and the impact of that uh, from a very early age um, spoke a lot into my life and um, I remember when we moved into Geraldton um, uh, around 16 I remember getting baptised and just you know had a, a tremendous uh, touch of the Lord uh, back in uh, back in those days and that was another few years later I think that was around, I think, probably 1920, something around there, uh, because I grew up in a um, in a different type of church, and I uh, come across some guys through my father-in-law that we uh, that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and um, from those days, um, uh, just just I was married young uh, and blessed with a, a lovely family. And all that time, you know, that I've uh, in those years, I think for some forty, probably forty-four years now, I've been a Christian. Um, it's the best life ever. Uh, I wouldn't want my life any other way, and I just love the way God loves me and um, and the many amazing journeys that He's given my wife and I over the years. So, in what way would you say that that has influenced your thinking and you know just the way that you kind of go about things, Pastor Mark? Well, it's it's funny, you know. I often say, I think you've got to keep a heavenly um, uh, perspective, a focus. You know, that eternity is at the forefront of my mind all the time. I think in the Bible it says, "Be a people looking up and looking forward to His return," so that everything else dovetails into that. Uh, the strength of my faith uh, that is is unwavering, um, and I, I can just see how it's underpinned by that. Um, looking forward to heaven, looking forward to a name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, looking forward to a home that the Lord's building for us, and knowing that my life on earth, especially as I'm getting older, um, that life on earth is very short and that we need to value uh, how we live this life and how, we, how, how it outworks through our lives. So um, I guess, I mean, I know myself personally, and I'm just going to share this for the audience, that some of your messages have really inspired me, given me a, a unique perspective especially on some of the understandings of, you know, some of the teachings that you get, you know, like lose your life to save it. I mean, what does that even mean, you know? But when you break it down for me, Pastor Mark, and you spoke about how 
you know, you're losing a particular type of thing called the soul life, which means you're not ruled by your emotions. You can actually be dominated by your spirit and you can actually live in a spiritual, victorious way. That really helped me a lot. That's just something I just wanted to just to add a little bit to what you were saying. So um, tell me a little bit about uh, your work with young people because I know that that's something that you're very passionate about. Um, so, you know, why do you predominantly work with um, young people, mate? It's quite an interesting story, really. Um, I think I was around 45 and I lived in Geraldton. Um, my, my children started to move to um, Perth to go to university and uh, and uh, I had had this experience uh, helping one of the young girls at work where um, she'd lost a baby. And I remember um, just talking to her and helping her out uh, at this time. And um, she said this thing to me. She said, Mark, you're more help than the counsellor that I had at, uh, at the hospital I went to. And at the time, I wasn't all into fully understanding what counsellors and psychologists were. Um, and it's made me go on a journey uh, to, to find out what this is. And I found out I had this gift that the Lord had given me. And so at 45, we moved down to Perth. And I'm not a city boy, um, so we moved the other side of um, uh, Perth. And I went to uni and uh, did my degree, and um, and the Lord helped me through that. And at the end of uni, um, the question was, what area would you do your counselling in? And it was either with the old older people or you know the senior people, or with um, uh, drug and alcohol, or with young people. And I saw young people as the better chance that felt right with me, that I could give them a hope. And so for the last, I think, 12 years, beside the break that I was in Cambodia, and most of those people were young people, um, how the Lord outworked through me that um, something comes on me when I'm actually counselling and working with young people. I, I just want to see them live their best life. Okay, so yeah, um, in, in terms of what young people are, are dealing with today, they seem to be dealing with a lot of challenges you know a lot of pressures there seemed to be a lot more put on them at such a young age mark i mean when i was in school i had no idea what i was going to do when i was 15 years of age and yet you know they're almost expected to know are you going to go to uni am i going to go to um well i think it's called a, it's not a vet course anymore it's called something different but you know how do they deal with that what kind of ways would you know would you say that you know they could address some of those things i think that the young people even themselves say sometimes to me that they're a lost generation um, and I think our technological world and uh, the pressures that are on them. I find, like with this uh, this COVID nineteen thing that's going on, um, uh, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of anxiety around. There's a lot of uncertainty around the the future of the world. You know, they don't see the possibilities of owning homes, and um, I think things seem so far away for, from them. And um, and I did notice. Uh, over the years, that the amount um, that were fatherless in whatever form, whether um, they didn't have a dad or maybe a stepdad, but the lack of this in their life, and it would have been, I don't know, 80% or more. And that uh, in just is so important for me to not only be a counsellor, but to be like a, a grandfather, a father figure, somebody that can offer them some stability, um, encouragement, in uncertain times. Um, and I see this as just a, an amazing time to, for young people, despite the 
the desperation to seek after our living God. And, um, and, and maybe it's a season for that. Um, and I've seen opportunities where I've been able to share the gospel and see young people give their lives to the Lord, which has deeply encouraged me. So would you say in a lot of ways they're just looking for something that's real? I tell you, you and I have spoken about this before, brother, and it's we talk about that word authentic. We talk about authentic church. Uh, your ministry here is authentic uh, voices. Um, and I think they're looking for real. They're looking for something that's just not fake. And what I'm talking about, I don't want to talk fake. I want to be real with them, honest with them. Um, and they've seen so much plastic. I think it's to do with technology and the things that they have. They just play games and everything's fake. And they are seriously looking for something that's authentically real. Yeah, because part of being authentic, I believe, Mark, is being consistent. You know, And I think they probably had a lot of promises, probably a lot of people that have come into their lives and made statements to them about, I'm going to do this for you or I'm going to do that for you. And so to some to a certain extent they're, they're going to check you out you know I mean they're going to suss you out but you know real is real you know and when love is authentic it wins over any heart you know and I think that's really important that that they know that in spite of their background in spite of what they may have gone through even as children you know that there is hope and that would be something that you know from what we've talked about that you really are passionate about you want them to know that there is hope that you know there is a future for them regardless of what's happened in their in their background and past. Would that be right? Yeah, amen, brother. I think um, a couple of the scriptures I use um, in counselling um, is without a future you perish. You know, I use, use it that, you know, we need, it, need a future. We need something you're aiming for. Otherwise, there's struggles, you know, um, and trying to give them that hope to say there is something more for you. And I see powerful things for your future just about prophesying into their lives in, in many cases. And that just puts that something deeper inside them to say, there is a reason for me being on planet Earth. I am one of a kind and that I have a destiny. And with that, you find them start to light up to say, there is more for me. Yeah, and I think that's that's something that, um, you know, I mean, I know when I speak to you, that that, that just shines out of you and comes out of you. And, and to some ways, I think that would probably even be, for some of them, the first time they would have heard that, is when they heard that from someone like yourself, Mark. And so the, I guess the other the other thing that I'd like to sort of ask you, you know, from your perspective and, you know, even from probably your wife Marion's is, you know, what what do you see as, you know, our role as a church family being for them and what kind of um, things that you do, do you think we could do to, to maybe reach out, maybe just, you know, show them that you know, there is a family that wants to love them? You know? I think that's an interesting, interesting thought, Chris, is that... Um the Bible says if we don't have love, then how will the world know that we are truly Christians? And I remember growing up, you know, and um, I look back um, and I just see not many mentors in my life, people that will walk, journey with us. And I see the great need of our church, Chris, is that we mentor, that we be conscious of the needs of people and to walk with them no matter where they're journeying, if they're hurt, discouraged and down that we're there for uh, for these people uh, and not live just out in our own insular lives but we'll be aware of the needs that are around us in a bigger way and I think we'll see God move through that in a big way. So in your occupation working for Peel Youth Services do they have strategies or things or ways that they reach out to the youth or you know just sort of build bridges to them is there something that you've picked up in your time working with them that they're sort of giving you some other ideas or? We have different facets of that of um, 
uh, of peer youth services. So we, we have Eyes Wide Open, which deals with young mums and their, and their young babies, or they could be pregnant mums. Um, we have other uh, groups that operate in the schools called Choices and helping young girls make good choices in their lives. Um, and uh, we'd also help uh, like Your Future, Your Way, helping young uh, people uh, find their purpose and, and you know, find out who they are in reference to looking for work um, and mentoring on that. And then within lots of our roles there, we are also like do one-on-one counselling within schools. Wow. So you really are on the coalface then in so many different ways in the community and just dealing with the issues that you know, they're facing uh, at any one time. Man, that's such, that's such an awesome thing to hear. Um, I'd, I'd like to just, if you don't mind, just take us on a totally, totally different track because I'd really love to hear about your work in Cambodia. You shine when you talk about it. You come to life when you speak about it. And I, I'd just love to hear a little bit more from you on your time in Cambodia, what took you to Cambodia and, you know, kind of um, how the Lord, you know, was able to use you and Marion over there. Is that something that, that you could share with us uh, in the audience? Oh, man, certainly, Chris. Even just when you're talking, a little bit of tears <laughs> well up in my eyes. Um, it Even last night, before going to bed, uh, I FaceTimed one of the, the young guys that um, we saw come to know the Lord and had amazing experiences in God, uh, Kong. In fact, I talked to him last night and said, I'm going to start doing some Bible studies with him um, doing uh, through FaceTime. And um, our heart... It, it, See, go back to when we were about 20, Mary and I married very young. We had a big heart uh, even back there. I felt the call of God uh, to be a missionary way back then. And for those listening who feel that the call of God is gone, it took some uh, 32 years before, uh, I think we were 52, uh, when we went to Cambodia. And God doesn't miss out in seeing where uh, you, you are to go. Don't lose sight of what he has for you. And Mary and I spent four amazing years in Cambodia. We saw a church that's still there today, and we still have very strong connections to young people over there that we speak with regularly. We actually mentor them. Uh, We're watching them get married. We're watching them have children. I just said to Kong last night, I said, man, I'm impressed, bro. He's got one uh, young child, and they've adopted another one. And they've just grown up so much. Uh, these young guys that we've known over the last well, eight or ten years, uh, and just every time I go back to Cambodia, my heart just is is touched by these beautiful people. And I've actually said to Kong last night, I'm looking forward to get back over there, and just hanging out and spending some time with them, and ministering to them, and just encouraging them. There's something, folks, about getting out and doing something for God. It'll just burn something in your heart that doesn't leave you. So, how long were you over in Cambodia for? Four years. Four years, wow. And was there any particular uh, group that you were working with or any particular region of Cambodia that you were in? We were working, uh, we went through um, a church called C3 and um, we were in a, uh, what they call the, the tourist centre of um, Cambodia called Siem Reap, which is near the famous Angkor Wat, which is basically uh, on the Tonle Sap uh, Lake, big lake, big one of the biggest lakes I think in Asia. And um, yeah, we lived there and had an amazing time and, just beautiful people. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've never actually had the privilege of being able to go overseas and, uh, you know, do a work for God or, or, you know, minister to people overseas. So I'm always in awe and, and always appreciating, you know, the, the work you guys do and, and hearing about the work you guys do and, 
you know, up till now anyway, the only kind of support I've been able to offer is prayer, you know, and financial support. So that's really amazing. So I think, um, you know, this, I, I think I'd just like to um, talk to you a little bit about, you know, um, where we're going from here, you know, because I, I love Sons Arise. I love being in church with you. I love being in church with Marion and Alison and Mark. I love, I just love doing life with you guys, man. So I just thought it'd be, you know, really good if we could just have a, you know, let's just have a chat, you know. There doesn't have to be any specific questions about anything in particular. But, you know, um, I think we've only known each other, uh, you know, about six months, five months. And, um, you know, I know you guys have uh, been friends with Mark and Ellison for quite a few years. So is there anything in particular that, you know, you could just share with us and on your heart and what you see God doing and, and where you see things, you know, might be going with us in the future or...? Yeah, no, I'd love to, Chris. I, I, first of all, I think I love the word um, sons arise. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time and uh, and I have no negatives regarding church or anything like that. But I think God's turning things upside down and um, he wants to see people arise. He, he wants to see people flourish and not just sit in church. The people come alive and be the people that he's preparing, he's preparing a bridegroom for the coming Christ. And he wants us all to be part of this, not just some people up the front just sitting there. And I love how we've talked about authenticism, realness, and us being real people. We've all got failures, we've all got things we're imperfect, but that doesn't matter. God's love of us is intense, it'll be powerful. And he just wants to do something in this church that's got rawness to it, it's got authenticity to it, that it has a flexibility that the God can use. And we're open not to operate by a system and, and our frameworks. It's, it's operating how he wants to operate. And I just love what I see. I, I think God's going to do uh, just an amazing work. And I think he's also just stirring churches up too, especially through this time. And um, we're going to come out of this time in, in better positioned and, and more flexible. And I think we need to, to I think you alluded to it earlier, to see the needs around us, to be flexible, and and just show more love and care to the people that are around us. And one of the words that I that I like to use that I've been sort of you know pondering on and thinking about lately, and that's the word transparency. Um, I think you know for too long churches um, have been kind of focused in all the wrong areas. For me, you know, we say church is family, but what does that actually mean? It means being genuine, being real. It means realizing that you know. We have our own struggles. We have our own weaknesses. I don't mean that you should tell anyone and everyone about your struggles, but there should be one or two people that you can do serious, genuine, transparent life with. You know, you can say, hey, you know, I'm working through this. What do you think? You know, and I think that, that especially as men, we really need, you know, I mean, I was saying this to Pastor Mark Edwards the, uh, the other day that, you know, sometimes in some ways us men, we can be our own worst enemies and we can shut down on our wives if we're not careful. Uh, and I also think that, you know, men have to have that kind of open-hearted relationship with each other. I believe in, you know, men being accountable to men, Mark. I think that's really important. And that's something that I can see really beginning to develop in Sons Arise is, you know, there's a genuine um, love-heartedness, genuineness, just like, you know, I want to help you through this, yeah. you know, and I'm committed to you. You know, I would even go as far as to say, I'm in covenant with you. I can see that coming through. I can. I believe that's actually coming through in a lot of fellowships, and I believe that you know people are realizing that you know this is not a solo act. This is not a solo act. More and more, I can see that coming through in the men in this fellowship. I can 
see it coming through in other fellowships as well. It's just like there's like a stirring going up within us. You know, we want to arise as sons. What is it going to take for us to do that? You know, and that's just that's something that all I can see is like you know realizing that you know he has to be our first love. That is the most important thing because when he's our first love, that's where life comes from. That's where our strength comes from. You know, it takes it takes courage to be real with each other. Us blokes have not been traditionally good at that, and I'm talking in the church as well. And I think that, you know, just in the short time I've known yourself and I've known Mark Edwards, that there's a, that desire to say, look, I can't do this alone, but we can do this together, amen? You know what I mean? So. Well, I think what's happened is um, men in general have been just ta- taught to be self-reliant. Um, boys don't cry and uh, uh, just pick yourself back up and keep going. Um, and I think there's just, women know how to do it well. They know how to interconnect well, they know how to talk well together and uh, they can be a lot more open. But I think, church, it's time that we we opened up, men. Don't hide behind some facade that says you're okay. Um, it doesn't mean you're a weak Christian, but the need for you to open up and seek help, there is nothing, there's no weakness in that. In fact, there'll be there's strength in it and it'll actually help you move forward quicker in the things of God because they're blocking you. Uh, it's time for men to rise up uh, and seek healing. And um, don't be proud. Don't be live under some arrogance that, yeah, I'm fine, it's all okay. No, we need to come before God humble, humbly and seek good people. I'm such a one for good people in your world that make a difference to your life for helping you move forward. And then you are a son that will rise up because you're seeking the help and you're being open to seek out that help. That's so good. In fact, as I'm listening to you share your heart, I'm I'm getting really excited again because when I when I believe God called me to start this podcast and to, you know to begin to get this going is that you know he had a, the Lord put a real passion in me to help men find their voice and I know that that you've got that in you um, and I can see that the, the that the whole way this conversation has gone has been you know that's what we're saying you know you 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 can know who you are men you can find your voice you can find your purpose. You know, if you're struggling with that, if you if you've got people you need to talk to, you don't have to try and work this out on your own. You know, so um, let's go back to youth. So you know, if if there if there's one thing that you know, if, if a young person happens to stumble across this podcast and you know, they're wrestling with some stuff, you know, or, and 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 then you know, do I have a purpose? You know, what what is the one thing that you could that you would say to encourage them that you know they can find their voice, they can find their reason, they can find their purpose for being here, man. You know, one of the things that I often say uh, to, to the ch- young people I meet in schools is, my hand's up for you. I vote for you. You know, it's not for your family or, or the school. It's you. I'm listening to you. And to, to, for the young people out there, there is people like me who have an ear to hear your story, to want to try and understand where you are, are at, and to walk with you. And there's good people. I'm asking you to seek out good people, seek out good advice, and that you can move forward through. And it is a hard time through the young years. Uh, it's granted. We've all been there. It's never easy at times. It's a developing time. Our minds aren't set right. But there is good people to journey with you, to see you out through the other side. And I'm suggesting that you find a... Good Christian people, find a good pastor, find good churches that you can lock into and that you can find a destiny and purpose that God's ordained for you. 
and that you're not alone. There's people that want to walk with you, want to disciple you, mentor you. Don't do journey by by yourself. When you're full of being depressed and anxious and worried, there is people out there that are wanted to put this their time aside and help you out. Find those good people. Find good people. There's always someone that cares, eh, Pastor Mark? There's always someone that cares. And um, that's something that, you know, I I think, you know, I wish that was there when I was going through my teen years, you know. I really wish that I had that available when I was a teenager. And I'm sure anyone who's listened to this podcast who's probably in my age bracket of 40 to 50 would probably say the same thing. So praise God for you, you know, and praise God for your willingness to, to be there and, you know, to be that voice of encouragement and to be that voice of hope and to say, you know, your story can now become his story. He wants to make a difference in your life, you know. So I just wondered if you had any final thoughts or things that you just wanted to share. I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. It's just been awesome. And uh, I really, really want to thank you for, you know, taking the time to, to just share your heart, your story, and how you know the Lord? The Lord has made a difference in your life, your work with youth, your work as my pastor, which I'm blessed by constantly. And you know, just wanted to um, just you know throw it open to you one last time and just say if there's any final words or thoughts that you wanted to share before we, as we come to a conclusion. Probably just a couple of things. If God's spoken to you, man, at any age, and He's put a call on your life, get out on your knees and seek God to find that purpose that he's given you and go for it because he's put something in all of our hearts that he wants at the end of time to say what did you do with it find out what it is and do it the other thing the young person i'm going to say challenge older people at whatever age seek out young people that you can help and be a mentor because there's people out there need you you may be sitting in churches and saying what is my purpose there is big purposes that if you seek God to do those things that God set aside for you to do, that there'll be more young people helped out there, that they will find that destiny that God's got for them and that you're part of that journey to know that you do have a part. Don't just sit in church and say you don't have a part. We all have a part. It's not just sitting there listening to the preacher. You have a part. Find, find your part. Wow, this this has gone better than I could have imagined, and I'm just so really blessed and pleased and wrapped, and just yeah, just I just wanted to um to say thank you again, uh, just for sharing your heart. So that that brings us to the conclusion of um episode one, which was Pastor Mark Barham. Uh, really, really glad to have you here. So um, next week we're actually going to be doing a book launch with a person by the name of Dion White. Now, Dion's written a book called The Art of Freedom. It's an interesting concept. It's something that speaks to my heart, and that is, you know, Christ came to set us free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So I'm looking forward to that, um, and I hope that everyone will be blessed by that. For now, I hope this has blessed you all. I hope this has encouraged you all, because I know it's encouraged me, and that you can be a voice. You can know your purpose, and there is hope for you. God bless.